Well, you got a treat, and uh, coming up, you're going to hear Chris Brooks' story. And uh, I didn't do this in the first hour, but I'm going to do it this hour. I'm going to sing a song to introduce Mr. Chris Brooks. I'm going to ask Mr. Mike Hepner to come on up. Yeah, buddy, I'm going to tag team with you. I'm going to do a song. And uh, what the world sees sometimes and what we see in ourselves is not what God can do in our life. We think we're garbage. We think we're nothing. We think we don't matter. We think we don't have any value. But God sees as somebody that I love. And that's somebody that is special. When I thought about you giving your story today, I thought about this song that I've done occasionally over the years. Well, it was battered and scarred and the auctioneer felt it was hardly worth his while to waste much time on the old violin but he held it up with a smile Well, it sure ain't much but it's all we got left I guess we ought to sell it too Now who's gonna bid on this old violin Just one more and we'll be through And he cried out, one, give me one dollar Who'll make it two? Only two dollars, who'll make it three? Three dollars twice, you know that's a good price Come on, who's gonna bid for me? Come on now, don't you wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Three dollars for just one dollar more to bid on the old violin. Well, the air was hot and the people stood around and the sun was setting low. When from the back of the crowd came a gray-haired man, he came forward and he picked up the bow. He wiped the dust off the old violin and he tightened up the strings. And he played out a melody pure and sweet. Sweeter than the angels sing Then the music stopped, and the auctioneer said, in a voice that was quiet and low, Now who's going to bid on the old violin? And he held it up with a bow, and he cried out, one, give me one thousand. 
who will make it two. Only two thousand who will make it three. Three thousand twice. You know, that's a good price. Come on, who's going to bid for me? All the people cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped. And he said with a smile, It was the touch of my master's hand. You know, there's many a man with his life out of tune. He's been battered and scarred by sin. And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world, much like the old violin. But then the master comes and the foolish crowd they can never understand. The worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by just one touch of my master's hand. I introduce to you Mr. Chris Brooks right now. Mr. Chris Brooks is coming. Come on. Come on, buddy. Praise the Lord. We love you. We're proud of you. Amen. Tell us, tell us how it happened, baby. Tell us how it went from where you were to where you are and how God made a change. One more time. Let him know you love him before he starts. Come on. Whew. I got to follow that. That was mercy. Well, good morning. My name's Chris Brooks. Um, many of you already know that. Uh, of course, it's on screen. Uh, <laughs> um, Let's see, where to start? I was, I was born in 1984, uh, February, Douglasville General Hospital. It was the only family birthing center around. They actually, can you hear me? It was the only family birthing center around. Everywhere else told my parents that my older brother wasn't going to be allowed in the birthing room. And my parents said, well, I don't think so. So they kept looking. They found a birthing center where, you know, dad, mom, my older brother, right, could all be there when I was born. And uh, there I am. Look at that little kid. <laughs> and you see this second picture right here? That little boy connected to the water hose. I've always been a water baby. Always. My dad would turn that little hose on right there, and I would just drag it around the yard, and he wouldn't have to worry about where I was because I was connected to that hose. I bet it didn't matter, lakes, puddles, rivers, pools, if there was, a, there was water, I guarantee you, little Christopher was in it. Now, I, uh, you know, had a, had a good childhood. My, uh, my parents met young. They fell in love and obviously birthed me, but their relationship didn't, didn't quite pan out, so they split early and uh, made my dad a, a single father. He got custody of me and my older brother, and... He was doing, you know, best he could, working hard and teaching us the way to live. And, you know, mom and daddy taught me how to pray. You know, now I lay me down to sleep, that whole deal. We were never really 
faithful churchgoers, I would say. It ain't something that we just did every week, week in and week out at my house growing up. Um, so I would go with I would go with my mom um, on her weekends, you know, here and there. We uh, bounced around a little bit. Now in elementary school, around that age, uh, I don't know if it's just circumstantial or what, but I was I was pretty un- uh, angry, hateful little boy. I uh, I would just soon fight you because you looked at me wrong. I was in the office a lot. I was in trouble a lot. Um, I was angry a lot. Uh, and that that boy you see there in the in the striped shirt, that's my older brother, James. He's six years my senior. And uh, he made sure that I was going to be tough. He taught me how to fight. You know, taught me how to take care of myself. Dad and him both said, you don't ever have to let nobody hurt you. You know, you have you have every right to defend yourself. Well, I took that, a, I think, a step further. Was, like I said, if you've crossed me, we were fighting, and there's a good chance you wasn't coming out on top. Um, but then uh, I went, well, like I said, I was going to church with my mama, and I went on a Sunday night to a, to a service where God just changed my heart. I went down and I, and I prayed, I, you know, admitted that I was a sinner and that I needed Jesus. My aunt is actually here this morning. We went out and sat in her van and, and uh, we prayed about it and they wanted to make sure that I understand what had just occurred. And I did. I had it. And if y'all knew me that next day on into middle school and on into high school, I was, I was that kid that was always in his what would Jesus do gear. I would invite you to church. I'd pray for you in the hallway. I was hugging, loving on my teachers. I went from being an angry, hateful, fighting young man to a lover of people. God put that love in me, and I wanted to spread it to the whole world, y'all. I was on fire. When I say I was on fire, I was on fire, okay? I served in a worship band at our local Baptist church. I ended up joining another worship band at uh, this church called Living Waters. There's that water theme again. I've mentioned that. Now I'm serving in salt water, worship in a state surrounded by water. Come on. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I was, like I said, 100% in, all in. And uh, stuff started going on at the house. Turned out my stepmama was running around on my dad for a while, and uh, things got a little tough at home. Now, I've got a rebel side of country mile wide, guys, and when that kind of went down, me and dad turned into, like, the bachelor life, right? It was, it was me and him, and stepmama was gone, and so who's going to tell us any different of how we want to live? Kick my shoes off and throw them across the floor? Who's going to say anything? Nobody. So there was tons of freedom. All of a sudden, just everything goes, right? Well, I got uh, some family. I got a cousin who's, who was real close to me. He was like, a, a, like an older brother kind of to me. And uh, he would come by and pick me up, and we'd go hang out because he knew stuff at home was a little rough. And uh, we started smoking pot together. And I liked it. And Daddy found out. 
And then he decided to pull the reins real hard. Well, what do you do with a wild horse that all of a sudden gets reins on him? He's going to buck. That's what I did. He said, have you been smoking pot? And I said, no, sir. He said, well, we're going to take a test, and if you fail it, then uh, you're not going to live under my roof anymore because you're not going to live like that and live here. I said, fine. You know what? I do, and I enjoy it, and my grades hadn't slipped, and if you don't like it, then I'll move out. No big deal. I got everything figured out. I'm almost 17 years old. <laughs> Wrong. So that's what happened. Uh, you know, a little period of time went by, and I ended up moving out. Got an apartment. I was doing landscaping during the week, but then I found out these little parties they'd hold on the weekend called raves. And I found a new drug called ecstasy. And because I'm such a likable, easy-to-talk-to guy, very quickly I met all the right, wrong people. And I went from being the guy that was just partying to the guy that was providing the drugs for the party to being the guy that was providing the guy that was providing the guy. And we moved up in that criminal world pretty, pretty fast. Um, I made some, some uh, business connections with people who were on federal watch lists. Um, my life turned into... I was, I was on my way to becoming a career criminal. No doubt. And where was God in all this? He wasn't in my life. He wasn't in my mind. He was completely out of focus. I was running from home. I was running from church. I was running from God. I was running from anything that I knew because I thought now that this little poor boy who came from the trailer park is making a ton of money that this is the life I wanted. And then one day I was just a normal, normal run for me. Uh, and I was doing a drop-off at a dope house in Atlanta, off North Druid Hills. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember every single detail. I opened the door. I remember the way the sun swept in behind me and kind of cascaded across the carpet. And I saw people living in closets and piled up in the living room like this corner of the room. That was their bedroom. That was their pallet and their book bag. Then three or four in this bedroom. Three or four in that bedroom. God broke my heart. And I had done everything I could do to harden my heart. I would tell you to go rob $5 from your grandma if you owed me $5. But somehow, I walked in on that day and my heart broke. I saw the condition these people were living in, and I said, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I don't, know, I don't want to be a contributor to these people's downfall anymore. Look how they're living. I'm part of the cause of that. I never cared before that day. God broke my heart. And so I left. And there was, some, there was a lot of people that were mad. Because you don't go that far in that game and then just walk away and everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, good, good luck. We'll send you a severance package and a Rolex. No, oh, those people didn't work that way. 
So I called, I called home. I called my dad. I said, Dad, I've been lying to you. I've been living wrong. I hadn't been working where I said I've been working. That's not how I've been making my money. Uh, I'm pretty bad off. Uh, I'm addicted to, to drugs, and I need to go home and get my life right. He said, come on home. He didn't give me the third degree. Why, where, who, how. I can't believe you would do that. That ain't how I raised you. I didn't get none of that. He let me come home. He let me sleep and eat. Something I didn't do very much of at that time. I was able to get myself clean. He found me a job with a local electrical contractor. Good, solid Christian man. Wanted what was best for me. Said, son, go get your GED, and I'll send you to trade school, make you an electrician. That's what I did. Went and got my GED, started trade school, started doing electrical work. Did I have it all figured out at this point? No. Was I, was I, was I going to church every day? Was I seeking God every day? No. Matter of fact, Roger, if you'll pop, pop that loop 15 up. Jesus said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, doesn't leave the 99 in the open country, go after that one that's lost until he finds it? (laughs) I wasn't looking for him, y'all. I wasn't going to a revival service. I wasn't heading to church. I wasn't looking for Christ. He pursued me. He broke my heart in a dope house. I was out doing dirt. And he never stopped pursuing me. And then I love the second half of this. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. So I tell you, that day, when I decided I needed to turn my life around, when Jesus found me, I guarantee you, There was more joy in heaven over this one sinner that wanted to come home than 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. And I thank him every day for that. When y'all see me up here on Sunday mornings and I'm dancing and I'm raising my hand and you see a big smile on my face, it's because I know where I've been. I know where he's brought me from. He never stopped pursuing me, and I'm going to ever stop praising him for that. Now let's talk about what God's word says, what I knew to be true and I didn't do. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Y'all think he had some schemes out against me? Y'all think I was armored up every day? I think I forgot. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Again, I didn't take up the armor of God every day. I didn't do everything I could do to withstand and to stand firm. So what happened? Off in the woods I went. So God, stay. Stay in your word. That's the only offense you have. You keep going down Ephesians 
and it lays out each piece of your armor, it's all defense, except for that sword, that word of God. Know your word, guys. When the devil tempted Jesus, what did he do? He fought back with Deuteronomy. The word. There's not another piece of offensive gear in that list. So stay grounded in your faith and know your word. Because that's the only way you're going to fight. That's it. Everything else is a defense. Your faith, your salvation, you know, it's, it's all defense. God's protecting you with all that. Only way you're going to fight back is using his word. So things, things got better for me. I'm starting to live my life a little bit better. And then I met this girl. And I fell in love. I was working hard as an electrician. And it felt good, y'all. I went from being able to buy just about anything you could imagine that I wanted to having to work for it. And it felt good. I even went and bought a new truck so I could impress this little young lady right here. Because I thought maybe that would make her like me more. Little did I know that was not needed. She, I think she loves me for who I am. Not for what I drive. <laughs> Praise God. So I asked her to marry me. And then she said yes. And we started a family. And we, uh, well, we didn't move up to Florida just yet. Not just yet. Let me give you a little, little bit of background. After we got married, we, we bounced around churches. And you'll see this theme throughout my story about bouncing around in churches. Um, we'd try one for a couple of weeks. And then we wouldn't go for a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, well, let's go, let's go try this one over here. Go for a couple of weeks and then wouldn't go for a month. Uh, so obviously our lives weren't steady. Because we weren't steady. Kind of wishy-washy, right? And then a buddy of mine who lives here in Rotunda was telling me, Hey, you're an electrician. Why don't you come down here and try some of this low-voltage work? Cameras and security, stuff like that. So we came down, tried it out for a week. It was 2013, and I fell in love with the area. I was like, okay, I could do this. I I could live in Florida. I live in Florida. Even though my whole life as a Georgia boy growing up, you know, in the red clay, I never thought I'd live in this sandy peninsula of a state. But I love it here. You know, it wasn't in my plan at all. And there's a theme throughout my whole story. Like, I had a plan to do this. Uh, guess what I'm not doing, what my plan was. So we, we did. We decided, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to move to Florida. So we did. We up and moved to Florida. And uh, as we were pulling out of the driveway, we had the U-Haul packed, everything's ready to go. My dad looked me in the eye and said, son, make me a promise. When you get down there, you get your family in a strong, faith-based, Bible-teaching church because you're going to need it. And I said, dad, I can do that. You have my word. I'll do that. So from 2014, when we actually moved down here, we found fellowship we same thing we bounced around we went <laughs> we went to all of them i'm not even gonna list them guys if if you look around inglewood and you see a church we've probably been there we tried it out and then we went to venice and then we went to northport and port charlotte and 
Heck, I don't Did we go to Bradenton? I don't remember. We were driving way too far to go to church to be living at the end of Rotunda Boulevard West. That's another story. We pulled. We were looking for places to rent. We were going to move to Bradenton. We were going to move to Cape Coral, maybe. We were looking all over. We just knew Southwest Florida. We're just about giving up. I said, you know what, Lord? If this is what you have for me, you're going to have to do it because I'm done trying. I'm ready to go home. And so we pulled into Rotunda. We're heading back to my buddy's house. Pulled on Rotunda Boulevard West, and here I come this sweet little lady with a four rent sign. Like, as we were pulling up. Right, right there, at the end of this road. So we pulled in, and hey, it was in our budget. We could afford it. So that's, that's where we lived when we first moved down here. Anyway, so I'm hopping around. We're checking out churches, and finally I said, you know what? I heard that church that meets at the high school... I think I think they're starting to have church at the end of the street down there. We could we could probably ride our bikes instead of riding 35 minutes on Sunday morning just to get to church. So we came. Preaching was great. Music was great. But you know what? We walked in the door, and there's Miss Edna. Give us a big old hug. Tell us that you know she was happy to see us. She was glad we were here. And she's from Decatur, Georgia. She kind of talks like me. And then it was just, I mean, I could just go on and on and on with the names and the people here that had just loved on us the first few times we were even here. And I came down, I met the pastor, because he kind of talks like me too. He asked me, do you, you play the guitar? And I was like, what an odd thing to ask somebody the first time you meet them, you know, just look at them, hey, hey, you play any instruments, you know? Well, matter of fact, I do. I have my, most of my life have I been involved in music. And he said, well, I want you to come down to my office, and if you'd like to, we'd, we kind of need another guitar player up here on the worship team. So I went down, I played with him, and uh, I've, been, I've been serving on the team ever since. Come on. And y'all, I don't know if anybody knows, but I'm... Roughly 600 miles, just under 600 miles from where I grew up. I've got, I've got some family who lives in central Florida. and you know, My mama's side of the family is all from that part of the state. But for the most part, my, my blood relatives are four to 600 miles from here. <laughs> well, God's given me a family, y'all. y'all. Y'all love me. Y'all love my family, my wife and my kids. You know, we come in, the preaching's great. We love Gary, right? Gary's messages are solid. The music, the worship up here is awesome. I know I'm a part of it, but it's, it's great. <laughs> That's not what kept the Brookses coming back to Fellowship Church. It was y'all. It was y'all. Y'all are the body of Christ. Y'all come here week after week. You stay steady. You love on people. You pour into people. You show people Jesus. So don't for a minute think that because you're not on staff or because you don't have a musical talent and you're up here playing the guitar like I am, that what you do don't matter. Because it does. My family's living proof that getting out of bed on Sunday morning and coming to church is probably the best thing you can do for your country. Because otherwise we'd still be bouncing around, wouldn't we, baby? How am I supposed to raise my kids and be a good daddy if I'm just bouncing around? 
If I'm not solid, how are they going to be solid? So y'all matter. Coming here on Sunday morning, loving on people, just being yourself, it matters, guys. Y'all are, y'all are part of the body of Christ. And I, I just wanted to encourage you. You know, don't get caught up going through the motions. Sunday morning, i got to go to church. Okay, here I go. Because it might be a new family here that don't know anybody and just is overwhelmed by the love they get from you. I know we were. God's been good to us. Look, there's our mission right there. We love Jesus and we love people. Keep that the main thing. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in a little, excuse my word, crap that don't matter. Because it don't. Love him. Love them. That's it. That's it. So I'm here now. This is, this is my home. And I know Gary's my pastor, so I'm probably going to say some stuff like he does. This is my town. This is my town. I coach here. I coach ball. I coach soccer, baseball, flag football. Anyway, I can get involved with the youngins around here that might have an influence on mine. I'm going to love on them because they're, they're my kids. This is my town. They matter to me. They're the future. That kid's wing we're building, building out there, it matters because those kids are the future. They're going to be the next generation that loves on somebody that comes to church and makes their family be solid and come to church every week. Amen? I got to baptize. Well, let's, let me start with my baptism. I had turned my back on the Lord. I was worse than Peter in my eyes. I'll tell you, I don't believe in God. I don't want to sell. Don't buy me nothing for Christmas. I don't know the man. So when I turned my life around, came down here and got steady, I said, Pastor, I feel like I need to, since I publicly denied him so many times, I feel like I need to publicly double down and say I do believe in him and I died of my sin and I'm raised in new life. So right after that, I got to baptize my 10-year-old son, Kellen. He came to me that weekend before baptism. He said, Daddy, I think I'm a sinner. I do, I do, I sin. And I need Jesus. And we prayed about it. And I asked him some tough questions and he had all the right answers. So you know what? We put him in the water. We baptized him. We baptized my wife. She dedicated her life to Christ. And you're talking about a changed woman. She loves people. She finds needs and she fills them. She ministers to hurting women all the time until she's exhausted some nights, y'all. That's not the same girl I met 10 years ago. God's changed her life. Then my stepmom comes down from Georgia. She's hurting, struggling turns her life over to Christ, and we got to baptize her in the Gulf. So this staying steady thing, this coming to church, this doubling down thing, look at that, victory on victory on victory. We're home. We have a new family. It's y'all. 
It's y'all. Y'all are good to us. There's people in this congregation that I see week in, week out. I may not even know your name. But I know you love me. I know you love my family. And it shows. Y'all come up to me at Publix. Chris, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Let me pray for you. Like, me? Mr. Cold Heart Thug Criminal Drug Addict Guy? Y'all love me. Y'all look at me and just say, hey, I want to go talk to that guy. Look what God can do. It's awesome, y'all. It's awesome. We bought our first home here. Like I said, we are home. We're not going nowhere. We rented for a while, and I said, you know what? It's time. Now we just keep putting down roots. Glory to God. Look at that. First home here. It's my town. I got to keep telling myself that because I'm, I'm a Georgia boy. I, I do. I, I love Georgia, but this is, this is my town now. And it's, no, it's by nothing that I did. It's all because of him. Like I said, my, my plan and what I had laid out in my mind of how my life would be, it looks nothing like it does in actuality right now because I submitted to his plan. And now look at me. Look at my family. I'll tell you what, guys. I just want to encourage you. Pop up that verse there, Roger, First Peter. Thank you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to, what's that say, inconvenience? What's that? Oh, I'm going to make him late for work. No, it says to devour. It means to end you. Take your joy. Take whatever God has in mind for you and in store for you and just eat it. And that almost happened to me, y'all. Because I wasn't sober-minded. I wasn't watchful. I didn't resist him firm in my faith. Knowing that my brotherhood throughout the world is going to be experiencing the same thing I do. So I want to encourage y'all. Take that to heart. Put on your armor every stinking day. Because we have an enemy that is not happy that we're happy. So stay strong. Stay in your word. Because that's your only offense. So after... uh, My whole story, knowing all that I've been through, looking back on the hardest times in my life, I don't get depressed. I don't get down. Things are so bad. I count it all joy. James 1, 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. God allowed my faith to be tested. If you've on the surface level, you'd think, dang, he failed. Nope. <laughs> God picked me right back up. And you know what? My faith is more strong and more steadfast now because of what he allowed me to go through. Rather than if he would have just kept me safe in a little bubble. You know what I mean? 
How can, I, how can I thank him for where I'm at if I've never experienced anything? So stay steadfast, y'all. If there's anything that you take home from today, remember that coming to church matters. You matter. And to stay steadfast. Stay in your word. So I've been talking to most of you believers uh, this morning. You know, staying strong in what you already believe and what you already know to be true. But if there's anybody here this morning that don't know him like I know him, that don't know that he died for you and your sins, he raised from the dead for you. If you don't know that today, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Because... I mean, what's the, what's the point of me even being up here this morning if somebody's life's not different? The Bible says if you believe in your heart. No, God, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you should be saved. Jesus said, I didn't come into this world to condemn it. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you don't know him this morning, I'd like to invite you to get to know him. Hopefully he's stirring and he's he's pricking at your heart right now. You just got to talk to him. I talk to him like he's my friend because he is. He's my father. So you just got to believe he is who he said he was. He is who he says he is, and that he can save you. So I'd like to lead you in that prayer right now. Everybody close their eyes, kind of bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a great day. God, we thank you for this service, Lord, this church, these people that are here this morning. God, I hope that any truth that I spoke this morning found good ground in their hearts. Lord, if there's even one here that don't know you today, God, I pray that they find salvation. Because I don't want to go to hell, Lord. You're not willing that any should perish, Lord. Neither am I. So if I can just lead y'all in a prayer right now. Just say these words. Talk to him. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I need your forgiveness. I've done you wrong. Lord, I don't understand how all this is going to work. And I don't know what's coming down the road, but the best I know how, I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead for me. I believe that you love me and that you're coming back for me one day. Lord, as I'm not putting my faith in this church, I'm not putting my faith in my money. Lord, I'm not putting my faith in any pastor, no song that I sung. Lord, my faith is in you. Come into my heart and live in and through me. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if anybody said that prayer this morning, I just want to congratulate you. Welcome to the family. Heaven is rejoicing right now on your behalf. Anybody else who needs prayer, that wants to talk, need anything, I'm going to be right.
right down here by the stage as long as you need me. I love you guys. I love y'all. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, what a refreshing day today, wasn't it? What a good day, man. We had a little everything today, didn't we? I tell you what, I asked him to just be himself. If you get up here, and I told him to get with Raj, because we use that big old screen, and you did. I wanted some pictures of him. We had them. I want to make sure we're not just talking. We need some scripture. I think he delivered some pretty solid scripture today, don't you? I think he did. Yeah, pretty solid scripture. And uh, I think I think the Lord gets the credit today. What do you think? I think he gave the credit to the Lord. Amen. Pretty good stuff, man. Great. I told him in the first service, I was so proud of him, I just cried. Because I look at him like a son. I just cried. I just held him. I, and I think I startled him a little. <laughs> I just held him a little and cried. But I told him, I said, son... You can fill in for me sometime. And I think he can, don't you? Come on, encourage his heart. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. If you're a young family, are y'all eating tacos? You better believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a young family, now remember, seniors, you've got a big uh, turkey Christmas dinner and all that on Thursday. We do that every month. Just occasionally we do young family things, but we are limiting it to young families with children. you got tacos. You're going to have quesadillas. We're going to be going out those doors to the right if you're a young family and you have children. Amen. So we're excited for today, just having a little time. And youth group is tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for an incredible day. Thank you for Chris, Lord. And, Lord, this is what he wanted to do. You put it on his heart. And he called me. And I had lunch with him. And we spent time together. And Lord, he's delivered on what you put on his heart. And uh, Lord, I want him to do it local. I want him to do it right here. Right here in his church. And he did it. And Lord, thank you for him being faithful and listening to you and being obedient. Thank you for the blessing that he was today. And Lord, I especially thank him and, and for you working in his life today, how he, he gave value and validated the church people, what they mean in our life, my life, his life, what they're doing matters, the touch, the love, the smiles, the kindness. It makes all the world a difference. So Lord, thank you for this day. May we never forget the day we heard the Chris Brooks story. Didn't seem like much coming from the trailer park. But the master's touch. The master's touch. What a change is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Thank you for letting us see living proof right before our eyes today. We give you credit. Bless us as we go our way. Help us no matter where we are to never be ashamed of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time. Let's thank the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. What a great day. Woo! Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Amen. Yeah, that's good stuff.